Welcome back to The Wine Show. You've got Simon Nash on 96.5 Inner FM. Uh, we are now going to head up to, um, uh, over to Barossa and have a chat with Fiona Donald. Um, good morning to you, Fiona. Good morning, Simon. Um, now, congratulations. You were, uh, you were um, awarded a, a, the final, one of the finalists for the Gourmet Traveller Winemaker of the Year. That, that's correct, yeah, really terrific honour. So they, they've announced four finalists in this publication and there'll be another four finalists in the next publication. So there's eight of us. Yeah. So um, each year we, we chat to all the finalists and uh, yep. and watch on um, with interest to, to see who uh, who gets the gong. So, But regardless, um, and we just had Nick Farr on for a chat and, um, uh, you know, it's just a, it's a great thing to, to have on your CV, I think, just even, even if it, you don't get the ultimate prize this time around uh, that's right so i think most people would say it's always an honor to be recognized um by the industry in in any way you know as, as a nomination um and you know what a really so far what a really you know strong group of uh, winemakers have been nominated yeah exactly so um so tell us a little bit about the fiona donald um wine journey so you're currently at seppelt's field which i can't wait to talk all about that because I love that story as it evolves um but you, you've been making wine um for a while and uh so tell us how it all sort of started and, and some of the highlights along the path um well for those who who pick up the gourmet wine traveler magazine and read the the article uh, Tony Patterson's written a lovely article and summary of my wine adventure as she calls it um but I started I grew up in uh, in Sydney in the, up the northern suburbs of Sydney, um, always had an interest in um, chemistry and science at school, but also um, uh, studied French, uh, the French language, and uh, also loved uh, home economics and cooking. So um, really those interests as a teenager came together um, in ultimately studying winemaking. So we didn't really know terribly much about wine. I mean, mum and dad had dinner parties but weren't, you know, collectors or, or really, um, you know, really um, expert on wine. Um, and so ultimately, to after reading an article in a magazine about a um, father and daughter winemaking team, um, actually at a winery in the Yarra Valley in Victoria, um, I wrote a letter to, to Len Evans, because this is, of course, back before the days when you could Google, yeah. and uh, wrote a letter up to Len Evans and, um, you know, just... So the mark of the man he was and his love for the wine industry, he uh, bothered to pick up the phone and uh, rang me and that's how we discovered uh, Roseworthy, Roseworthy College and the winemaking course in South Australia. Yeah, and uh, and that is, well, obviously it's now called Charles Sturt. Um, well, it's at, uh, well, no, no, the, well, it's the, at the, the Charles Sturt Uni. Uh, no, no, the Roseworthy right. course is now part of um, Adelaide Uni. Oh, sorry. Okay. Sorry about that. Yep. That's, thank you. Um, but, yep. yeah, so obviously... Um, Roseworthy's, you know, that's the name on on uh, many winemakers' uh, CVs. So um, that so you spent some time. Well, you were there for three years, I guess. Yep. So off to study at Roseworthy for three years, and um, that's obviously when the adventure really began. You know, study with a great great group of people, or most of whom are still you know, in the wine industry, working yeah. for for companies or, or, you know, with their own labels. Um, and uh, then that was, you know, the adventure really began then, discovering, you know, obviously the Barossa, which is on the doorstep of Roseworthy, you know, McLaren Vale, Clare, Adelaide Hills, um, the Riverland, um, South East. So uh, it's a fantastic three years of study and, you know, getting to know the South Australian wine regions. 
Yeah, and um, obviously, um, well, it, when interestingly, then when you were at that point at uni um, or at college, um, what state Sepplesfield was probably kind of in limbo, doing sort of not much at that point. Um, I think in the late eighties and the early nineties, that's when a lot of the um, mergers and acquisitions occurred. You know, the likes of Seppel, Lindemans, mm. Penfolds, um, and then you know, obviously the formation of of what became Southcorp. Um, but uh, I mean, Sepplesfield still had a wonderful reputation for its fortifiers, and I yeah. I do remember mm. Rose really <laughs> one of my favourite practical tasting sessions was uh, James Godfrey uh, came to the college and we did an exercise where he said uh, we've run out of this tawny here are the components you guys blend it and I'll let you know who gets the closest and that was a really fantastic it was one of the most practical tasting exercises we did at college it was fantastic little did I know of course then that you know I would end up at Sepplesfield yeah, I know well, how unbelievable and of course Sepplesfield has um, has you know all the, the power at port and um, we have we've got a text number here that people can text in questions and uh, we've had a uh, a question from Christopher who says um, that he'd love to know what you think when you're putting wine into, um, uh, you're, you know, putting the 100-year-old... Uh, hang on. Oh, so, no, what he's saying yeah, no, is no, I, I know for, he for you to yeah. put wine in to into a barrel now that you won't see in your lifetime, you know. Yes, um, that's, that's, that's a great question. Uh, yes, yeah, so in uh, May we put the 2020 vintage into the Centennial Cellar yeah. and um, you know that your uh, your children aren't going to see that yeah. wine as it's intended, i.e. to be released as a 100-year-old uh, tawny. Yeah. So you have to pitch yourself and remind yourself that um, you're part of a wonderful timeline, um, you're the current custodian, and you're continuing you know, a great tradition uh, at Sepplesfield that was started by Benno Seppel back in 1878. Mm. And what a visionary he must have been! Like, you, know, you now obviously get to play with the um, with the this you know the winery, the cellar that he he built, which is all gravity fed and so clever. Um, uh, that it is a wonderful building. It has, um, as architectural people say, it has wonderful bones. Uh, it's a great, you know, design that endures today. Uh, obviously, we've um, we've overlaid, uh, you know, with the blessing of um, uh, you know the heritage people, but we've overlaid, you know, some modern uh, necessities. So all the open fermenters have been lined with stainless steel, and uh, we have um, quite a modern level of um, cooling capacity, mm-hmm. so we can you know look after our ferments and obviously the crush is new. Um, so that's and there's lots of stainless steel pipe work, etc. So, but that's I, I call that the modern overlay to, you know, this wonderful, traditional, beautifully designed building. Mm. Well, it, it's important, I guess, in as you say, in the timeline of of Sepplesfield, to be able to use that historical design, but with modern practices that you know necessarily have to meet certain standards and things. So, um, it gives it a chance to be part of that really forever, doesn't it? Uh, it, it does, and of course, you know, we, we have, you know, the, the modern approach, you know, we've got safety um, uh, responsibilities, uh, obviously hygiene, um, but the basic structure of the building in terms of the, you know, eight-tonne open fermenters, so in terms of a small batch facility, and also the um, dimensions of those fermenters in terms of the surface area of the skins to the volume uh, that the fermenter holds, uh, the ratio is about one, which is really qu- quite the ideal ratio in terms of 
um, maximising the constant skin contact to the juice without without overdoing it, without underdoing it. So uh, in terms of that design, you know, it was designed back in the um, 1880s, uh, it, that endures today. Mm, isn't it amazing? So, so then size-wise, to compare, you know, that eight-tonne, um, fermenter to what most wineries would have. I'm not talking, you know, the biggest of the wineries, but like a normal winery, what sort of size are they going to be working with? Um, oh, look, you know, I mean, these days, I mean, people, you know, do do one ton ferments mm. in um, grape bins and much smaller, um, sort of more mobile fermenters. Probably most wineries would run fermenters in the sort of the ten to twenty five ton yeah. uh, format. Yeah. Um, certainly, my, my time at Penfolds, um, we had a lot of uh, twenty-ton fermenters. Just to get through the volume, I guess. In, yes. In part, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and then of course, you know, the bigger wineries, you've got you know, uh, fermenters such as Vinomatics, which can hold you know seventy tons. Wow. So um, yeah, eight eight tons is just a really, and also given regard to our um, vineyard resource across the valley, eight tons is a, is a great size to um, you know carve up vineyards. So you can go into a vineyard and say, well, you know, that's the top of the block, so that's mm. eight tonnes, that goes to one fermenter, the middle of the block, bottom of the block, um, you know, east, west, whatever. So it gives you that ability to carve up a vineyard and, and really keep it understand... All separate. Yeah. Uh, keep it all separate and really understand um, the changes across a given vineyard. So um, you've got an exciting um, developing table wine uh, range, Um so um, tell us a little bit about that and, and how how advanced was it when you arrived and what have you done um, since you've joined? Uh, so when um, when uh, the initial group of, um, private group, uh, purchased um, Sepultfield from the corporate, um, actually the registered trademark of Sepultfield didn't come over. Right. So... Back in 2008, 2009, the business uh, could only continue making uh, fortified under Sepultfield, but we're not able to make table wine under Sepultfield. Then in uh, August 2009, uh, Warren Randall uh, bought 50% of the business. And over the next few years, he worked very hard to negotiate to get our registered trademark um, back. So we were successful in getting that back three years ago, which meant we could make table wine under Sepultfield, beyond our own cellar door, mm-hmm. we could make a range that could be distributed um, domestically and internationally. So uh, that's that's been the start of a really exciting uh, journey for the Sepultfield Table Wine range. Um, so twofold. Number one is, you know, in the winemaker's head, what what are we going to do with this opportunity? What's our style? What's our message? Um, so there's been a lot of thought about reimagining um, a fortified varieties such as, you know, obviously, you know, Shiraz, but Chiriga and Mataro and even some of the uh, VP varieties, Tintacao and Tintaramarela. Um, so that's been a, quite a driving um, thought process behind the new table wine range, mm-hmm. as well as Barossa staples, of course, such as Grenache and Eden Valley Riesling. Um, and the other thought process with the style is traditionally the uh, Sepultfield tawnies are made uh, with free run only, and mm. so they're quite a stylish, um, aromatic, pared-back style of tawny. You know, they're not really big and liqueurous and chocolatey. And so we've taken that approach with the table wines, and not that they're free-run only, the reds, but we, we're looking for a more aromatic, um, medium-weighted, um, 
you know, more contemporary style of, uh, of table wine. Mm. Uh, so that's the winemaking part of it. And then, of course, the other side was, um, you know, the marketing team really had a blank canvas to reimagine the labels. So um, the new labels are black and blue, and they're really striking, mm. really striking. That blue and is so vibrant. It's just, it, it is, it's yeah. You see it on the beautiful. vineyard signs when you drive through the valley um, and uh, the big version of it in the cellar drawer. Uh, that blue comes from an old vermis bottle. So back in the day, the sepulchs not only made wine, but they made elixirs and tonics and <laughs> brandies and, and vermis and all sorts of goodies. Um, so the blue is off an old vermis bottle yeah. and the shape of the label is off an old cherry brandy bottle. And we have those old bottles at work so that people can see the cues that were drawn yeah. upon to, for the contemporary label. You know, there's, uh, there are some brands that have distinctive colours that they actually form part of their trademark, um, you know, in, in themselves. That's nearly got to be a Sepultsfield blue, whatever, you know, um, I reckon. that It's so striking and so, uh, it, um, you know, I, I, Yeah, I would love for the label to be exactly like that, that powerful and that recognisable um, because of that colour. Mm. Um, and, uh, yeah, wow, what a, what a fantastic time to be in, in that place because there's some really dedicated and passionate people working there and, and owning it. There are. So Warren is the owner. So Warren now owns, um, he owns 80% of the business and he's got, uh, obviously, his fellow owners um, all form up the board and they're probably like Benno, several, quite, vi- not quite, they're very visionary um, mm. and have, you know, definitely a master plan for um, Sepulchs Field, including um, uh, a six-star hotel is planned to be built on the property um, which is called the Oscar, which is very exciting for the region. Yeah. Um, but additionally, the rest of us, those not on the board, but the rest of the team, uh, we've got a fantastic team at Sepulchs Field, um, which is myself. Uh, the other winemakers are Matthew Pick and Charlie Sepult. So Charlie's a um, obviously a family member. Charlie yeah. and I worked together years ago at Hardy's, and it's terrific to be working with him again. Mm. And you worked um, with David O'Leary then, didn't you? I did work with David. That, that's years ago. I worked yeah. at Hardy's with David O'Leary. I've worked at Hardy's twice in my career. Okay. That was my first job out of Roseworthy, working with David O'Leary, um, which was such a good grounding. Mm. Uh, some of my, I always say that some of my habits today are from then working with David. Right. Um, how I go about things, managing red ferments and that sort of thing. Um, we also have, uh, and then we've got our vineyard manager, Kingsley Fuller, who uh, is the hardest working man in the business, I think. Mm. He uh, is, uh, looks after a huge um, area of vineyard and uh, we have access to some, you know, some of the best grapes in the valley, I think. Wow. It's, um, and so are you, have you got land to expand the, the plantings? Uh, look, there's, there are some unplanted areas um, on, on, on land that we own. And, of course, Warren's always got his eye out for, you know, adjacent pieces of land and what have you. So, mm. um, But, you know, as always, for most people in the valley, um, you know, water, access to water, securing that water resource, you can look after um, your plantings is extremely important. Yeah. Um, I noticed that, um, I read that Warren bought the Annie's Lane um, facility in um, the Clare Valley. Um, and uh, I wondered if there was, if there were vines that go with that purchase, um, and that whether you would you would bring in some um, you know some some grapes from other regions into that range, or are you sticking just to Barossa and and just to what you've got in um, planted under Sepultsfield there? 
Uh, yeah, uh, uh, Warren did buy the Kiltala um, uh, property, so I think the Annie Lane, Annie Lane label stays with um, Treasury Wine Estates, mm-hmm. but Warren did buy the Kiltala property, so that was really um, in terms of vineyard resource, and also he has now secured the water resource um, for those vineyards. Um, behind the scenes, we, we do a lot of work with, with, with premium bulk wine that we sell to various customers domestically and internationally, and that's where a lot of that fruit is destined at the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, Sepultsfield is very much a Barossa brand. It's Sepultsfield Barossa. Yeah. However, we've made had a lot of internal discussions about um, we may find ourselves in a situation where it might be an or, not an and. So we might come out with a clear reasoning one year instead of an Eden Valley reasoning. So we'd never have two, we don't think. So mm-hmm. it would always be an or instead of an and situation because, again, we have access to some really terrific fruit mm. from, other, from regions other than the Barossa. So, um, so we'll put that in, is uh, um, yeah, work in progress. Yes. Yes. <laughs> um, absolutely. Work in progress. Yep. That's exciting, though. Um, so now let's turn back to the to the para side of things because you know obviously that is just you know b- being the current custodian, as you say. Um, the one of the you know where you can um, one of the initiatives where you can actually buy a bottle of your your birth year, um, and even that is so beautifully packaged and such a great gift. You know, it's not a an inexpensive gift for someone, but that was a, a clever innovation because it is a finite resource, obviously. It is, and so yes, the absolute design of the, the system is that it's released as a hundred year, at a hundred years, as we've discussed. Um, but from forty years old, um, we do release a certain amount per year that people can um, buy in uh, one hundred mil format, um, as you know, to give someone a gift of their birth year. So we. Uh, we just have had a look at the theoretical evaporation over the years to come mm-hmm. and so that we can draw a certain amount out um, and knowing that we'll have the correct, the desired amount left in 100 years. Yeah, oh, well, it's, um, that is, uh, it, it is just an iconic wine, isn't it? I mean, worldwide, that would be um, just a unique story, wouldn't it? We, we like to say that there's definitely older wines in the world and if you think, you know, old Madeiras and, and wines of that style um, but in terms of the longest unbroken line of year dated tawnies in the world, um, we believe that sits in the Centennial Cellar at Sepulfield okay. That's, uh, Do you get international press, in normal times do you get international press coming out here and sort of seeking out that story? Oh, we've had, we've had all sorts of visitors um, in that Centennial Cellar, so Yes, media. Um, last year we hosted um, Curtis Stone, for example, who was mm-hmm. doing an Australian and Barossa um, expose in one of his restaurants in LA. And so he, you know, he absolutely made a beeline for that cellar, wanted to film up there. Um, we've had royalty up there. Warren hosted Charles and Camilla. Yeah. Um, it's just a lot of interest. A lot of, a lot of international wine writers, local wine writers. It's just... Um, look, it's a, it's, it's a great cellar to also take photos of. It's really quite um, atmospheric and, and people manage to capture that in photos. So, yeah, there's a lot of interest. But, you know, anyone can come and taste their birth year. You don't yeah. have to be, you know, <laughs> an international superstar. <laughs> anyone, can, anyone can arrange and come to Sebelfield and taste their birth year. And there's been all sorts of stories and tears and laughter and reminiscing and up in that cellar. It's really quite a special place. 
Yeah. And the, the tasting facility, um, uh, are you back up and running seven days or what, what's the current? Because we're in Victoria, we're a little bit, little bit more restricted. But um, Yep. So Celador is back running uh, seven days and the weekends are back to being really very busy, mm-hmm. um, a little bit quieter during the week. Um, there is a preference at the moment for people to, to book and I think... I think tastings needed to be seated, but I think that restriction is lifted as of next week. So we're feeling like we're getting back to normal. And, of course, the restaurant, Fino at Sebbots Field, is back up to five days a week, month service. So um, it's starting to feel like normal, you know, very um, bustling and busy um, Sebbots Field um, tourism precinct. Yep. Mm. Uh, look, it, it's. I reckon um, every time people go to Barossa, they just need to call in there because... It, there's always something new happening, isn't there? It's just, you know, the the plans. And I love that the plans that are being drawn up by the current, you know, executive team and ownership team and whatever, they even, but they, they all sort of have a basis in the old plans. Even that six-star hotel was um, in the original plans um, by Benno, wasn't it? Um, you know, back in the day, there was, there was a, a thought that there would be some sort of accommodation. Yeah, look, the tourism master plan for the site is um, quite a piece of work and, yes, they've, they've drawn on a lot of history and done a lot of, um, you know, soul-searching, research. Um, but the initial um, refurbishment, which was opened in November 2014, uh, was just... It, 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 the brilliance of it is it's modernised the cellar door, but when you walk into the new terrace, it looks like Benno built it. So all the um, all the uh, bluestone that was knocked down was retained and, and made the new retaining walls. Um, if you look up on top of the buildings, there's a certain type of almost balustrade-looking design. They've been copied for the the terraced area, mm-hmm. so it looks um, it looks like it's been there forever. And I, I think that's a, a real stroke of genius. Um, yeah. And then additionally, the um, a lot of buildings have had um, you know a repurposing. So the old vinegar factory holds um, Vast Virgin at Sibbletsfield. So that's an olive um, an olive oil, olive soap producer. That is a beautiful, that space has just been beautifully redesigned. Mm. Um, so that's, you know, another another thing that a, a visitor to Sibbletsfield can do. We've got, obviously, the Fino restaurant um, and we've got Jam Factory, which is an Adelaide institution for um, artists and designers and the studio and um, showrooms at Sportsfield are their only um, satellite studio. So that's also a wonderful place for people to visit and go and watch artists at work, mm. leather makers and jewellery makers, uh, knife maker. Uh, so there's lots to do at Sportsfield um, apart from tasting wine. So would you would you allow, <clears throat> by the sounds, you know, a few hours probably? Oh, absolutely, Easy. yes, yeah. yes. Yeah, by the time you do the wine taste, so you had a lunch booking... By the time you did a wine, wine tasting and wandered around the village, um, and if you, you know, made it a full day, um, there's also a Segway tour that you can do. Mm-hmm. Um, there's also, um, for people who decide they don't want to dine at Fino, there's the picnic grounds uh, and the chaos. So, yes, it is, you could definitely fill in at least a half a day, and there's something for everyone and every budget. Mm, that's fantastic. So follow the palms, hey? Follow the palms, exactly, the Avenue of Palms. Yeah, it's unreal, I love it. Um, <clears throat> Fiona, great to talk to you, and I'm sure we'll chat again. Um, and look, maybe we'll chat after you win the award, but uh, regardless, 
the uh, the stuff you're doing sounds unreal. So um, definitely keen to keep an eye on this emerging and evolving table wine series. Um, that yeah must be be awesome to to be setting up. That's um, really exciting to be part of it. Yep. Yeah, um, and uh, and then when the hotel comes along, we'll uh, we'll talk about that. But so that must be a few years away. Um, uh, yes, yeah, it's still a few years away. Yes. Yeah, cool. Yep. Um, <clears throat> well, have a great afternoon, Fiona. Thank you, and um, and good luck in September. Um, and uh, yeah, we'll uh, as I say, we'll, we'll chat again. Thanks very much, Simon. Well, great to speak with you. Thanks. See you, Fiona. Bye. Bye. Okay, Fiona Donald from Sepplesfield. We are going to have a quick break, and then um, uh, we're going to come back and have a chat with Matt Dunn, who is um, he's uh, well the ambassador for Plum Glassware and uh, and the Jovel Wine Group, and uh, and yeah, it's got an interesting story.